Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we have a great episode for baseball players and those that work with baseball players talking all about GERD. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We are here at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston to answer your questions on rehab, fitness, sports performance, business, baseball, whatever you guys want to talk about. Got a ton of great questions. We appreciate it. I'm joined, as always, by Lenny Macrina, one of our physical therapists here at Champion, Dave Tilly, another physical therapist. Whoa, I like that. You guys should definitely have, like, like some catchphrases. Secret handshake? This is like the Anchorman team, like, you guys... <laughs> That's the way the cookie crumbles. Whammy! Uh, That's terrible. I love lamb. <laughs> Perfect. That's their catchphrases. Mine is neurobiochemical. Evan Eleven and Jake and Bay. <laughs> I almost did the. Uh, what was the what was, what was the one you were doing? What the um, the Jake Sir. one. Oh, Jake the Snake? Oh, Jake the Snake. That I almost said Jake the Snake. But we said Jake and Bake. Jake, <clears throat> Jake and Bake is way better. So Jake and Bake is going to dominate some questions today. You ready? Yep. All right, very good. Question number one, Chuck from Florida asks, every time I get a baseball player as a new patient, the doctor diagnoses them with GERD and recommends mobilizing the posterior capsule. I've heard you say never to do this. Can you explain why every, uh, every doctor says this? And question number two is, in your experience, is GERD really the cause of so many pitching injuries? So it's your right. reflux disease. Let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> this might be the best. Let's answer the second part, second, because uh, Len- Lenny's got some good research on that, too, that he's conducted, so we can get that. So, what was the second one? All right, so is GERD the real What's reason the real? why everybody has injuries? Uh, <clears throat> Which is kind of interesting, so. Um, all right, so why do, you, why do you think this GERD thing? Why, why do you think we are where we are with GERD? I think it caught on in the 90s or whatever it was in the early 2000s and it just it, it's easy to just look at somebody's shoulder they have all this motion that's awesome they have this motion that's not awesome they have GERD they have internal rotation deficit we gotta figure out sorry so why do they have internal rotation deficit it's still a thought that the posterior capsule must be tight so let's just mobilize the posterior capsule because Early, early studies may have shown that um, loss of internal rotation may have uh, contributed to injuries, and it's completely false. So we jump into the second part now. (laughs) So we did studies in Birmingham when I was there a few years ago that showed that it wasn't internal rotation deficit that was the issue that led to injuries, shoulder and elbow. It was it was the loss of total motion. So. Comparing side to side motion, measuring external rotation, internal rotation. If there was a, a, a difference uh, by more than five degrees of total ro- total rotational motion loss, then they had a higher incidence of injury. And also, loss of uh, shoulder flexion was shown to have increase in elbow injury. So, comparing it to the other side. So, I think that's the stuff that we need to focus on because the posterior capsule in our baseball plays is relatively laxed. Um, if you really tested a posterior capsule, you can slide most of your guys out the back if you do it correctly. A 
posterior lateral glide, not necessarily a posterior glide, you're going to probably slide out, I'd say, at least 75% of your people out the back if you're testing that truly. So they can't be tight. Um, so I don't know if you want to add anything more to that. I think it's... I think I want to reflect historically, really, on, on like what happened. I mean, I think I think honestly, what happened is you know some physicians that don't see a lot of baseball players, and when when you're a physician and you're in an office and you see an injured baseball player, and every person that comes to you is injured, you don't ever see healthy people. You're only seeing injured people, and all of them have limited internal rotation. It's easy to say, oh, that's why it's because they're all have limited internal rotation. Until you start working with normal baseball players and you realize they have that too. So all of a sudden, this theory got huge, I think, for that one simple fact. That, you know, it got very popular. There was a couple of prominent papers published around 2000 or so that kind of showed that. And we, you know, we, you know, I think we've been we've been kind of struggling with that since. So immediately you start speculating and saying, well, it must be the posterior capsule if you lost internal rotation. Um, we've we've just we've had so much research over the last 20 years come out, kind of saying different things. We've shown studies that posterior translation in the overhead athlete is twice that of anterior translation, which we all know is is fairly loose. Um, we've we've published that in two studies, right? I mean, the whole concept of bony retroversion and changes is out there. I think it's very obvious now that it's not posterior capsule. Um, it's shocking that doctors still say that because it's so clear that it's not posterior capsule. We showed acutely after throwing that they lose motion. So is right. the capsule getting tight after throwing? You know, and that I think acutely. it was acutely. Acutely. 2008 in AJSM. We, the Mike, me, Kevin, Flight, Dr. Flight, they get all, everything tightened up immediately after throwing. Literally, like after like 20 bolt bend pitch, they got tight. Is the capsule getting tight? I'd say probably not. I'm going to probably say it's more muscle, muscular tenderness type stuff. So it's just little things that are trending towards not the capsule, yet we still go back to the capsule for some reason. It's yeah. the easiest. And, and I want to, you know, to answer your question, why do every doctor say that? I think that's why. Yeah. I think that's just, you know, now if you were to Google injuries in baseball players, you're gonna, that's going to come up. It's, that's going to say that's the standard of care because that's what you're going to find in the literature stuff. But for people that actually work within baseball and work with baseball players, um, that's certainly not the case. And I, I was kind of shocked because I was the guy that came from the injury world and went to the normal world, right, or the healthy world. Um, and, and, you know, I've got to see it on both sides of the spectrum and learn that. So, um, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely not the case. So I've been trying so hard for many years to say, Everybody, we have to stop. I mean, I'd say that one of the first things we do with everybody is, is stop focusing on that, and they all get better just inherently from that. So um, I don't know, kind of interesting. I think that's how we got here and why we got there. And I think Lenny answered it well. I mean, does it relate to injury? I don't think so. And I actually think ER is more important. You know, total motion obviously is going to be impacted by both. But I think ER is more important. You know, I think if you have too much ER, that's not good for you, and you have too too little ER, that's not good for you. I, I think IR is just secondary because they're they're interrelated. To be honest with you. So um, you know, anyway, that's that's we've been practicing that way for well over a decade with fantastic results so I, I would I would say we're on to something so uh, what's number two I had another good question from Sarah Maine what are the top techniques um, or tips for restoring GERD I'm guessing internal rotation in baseball players okay all right so uh, what are what are our top tips for restoring GERD all right so I'm gonna add to your question and say why would you want to do that first and there are times you do that so as Lenny alluded to we showed that acutely after throwing you lose internal rotation range of motion so part of our kind of our goals and what we try to do with people is we try to keep everybody 
themselves or try to keep them with their normal range of motion. So if you throw and you have an acute loss of eight degrees of internal rotation or whatever, we want to restore that. That's good. But you have to make sure that that is, that is the issue here. So we only work on GERD if your total rotational range of motion is off. So if your total range is limited and we can attribute that to internal rotation because your ER is still more on the throwing side, then we would work GERD. Okay, so that being said, so how do we get that? We take baseline measurements at the beginning of the season, or somebody enters the team, whatever, and you got to get your baseline measurements and see where their external internal rotation are. What if you don't have baseline? You need to get baseline. I don't know. I think you can do it without. (laughs) I think I think you measure. Well, you can measure. Yes, I guess you can. But I think it's nice to see somebody what they typically look at look like before they throw or before a season. They've probably thrown preseason, but just to kind of get a base on before they enter a competition, because then you can monitor where how they're trending over a season. Because what happens in April is not what, probably what they're going to look like in July or August. If you think in high school ball or uh, summer ball, something like that, or college ball, uh, if you're thinking you know a long season like that. So I think you got to keep in mind what their baseline, what their normal is, be able to treat it. To go back to your question. You're not, I mean, having internal rotation deficit is normal. It's very normal. The, there is retroversion bony changes that allow you to get all that ex- external rotation. So to try to restore it symmetrically or even close to symmetrical is not going to happen. You'd have to break their shoulder and to, to create more internal rotation. So it's not going to happen. So I think we've got to get, stop getting caught up with that and accept that 10, 15 degrees internal rotation changes is very normal because they gain that same amount in external rotation on the throwing side. Right. So so if you think, what, why did they lose the motion? It's probably not capsular, right? So if we have an acute loss of motion that you want to work on, um, then let's just assume it's the soft tissue and let's work on that. So that's usually what we do. And you look at studies that, that show this, you're actually more effective at restoring internal rotation range of motion by working on cross-body stretching and cross-body soft tissue in the posterior shoulder than you are actually focusing on internal rotation, sleeper stretch, and stuff like that. So cross-body adduction is more effective than internal rotation at restoring internal rotation, which again shows you it's not the capsule, it's the muscle. So how do we restore it? Well, we do cross body, we do soft tissue posteriorly, and it comes back magically. And you don't even have to really force or torque them into internal rotation. Don't torque the joint, work on that soft tissue. So, all right, what's number three? All right, Matt from Charlotte. Uh, this is addressed to you, Mike. Uh, interview with Physical Preparation Podcast with Mike Robertson. You mentioned that you found the correcting overhead elevation was sufficient for baseball pitchers, that you don't typically specifically treat the GERD. Can you expand on the relationship between overhead elevation and pitching, or is this a tissue mobility that improves the GERD? Okay, all right, good. That that actually feeds in well to what we just kind of said right there. So Lenny mentioned shoulder elevation, uh, loss of shoulder elevation correlated to some injuries, so we know that. Um, and we talked about last question how we don't necessarily focus on internal rotation. So we see a lot of times people get, get tight into this position. What I think what we find is any of the muscles that, that kind of work eccentrically at some point during this, this the throwing motion tend to get super tight and cause some limitations. So with this, it's probably your lat and your teres as you're trying to slow down this aggressive whip back and the layback and then all of a sudden turn into a forceful movement forward. 
that is a pretty challenging motion for your for your muscles to do. So your lat and your teres get super involved in terms of trying to slow down that process and then transition to an explosive movement forward. So we see quite a bit of issues with those two muscles with their elevation, um, and that's what we end up working on to try to enhance them. So those are the type of people that lose external rotation, which again I think is more you know uh, troublesome than, to me than anything else is when you lose that layback that you normally have. So we work on that overhead elevation to get your layback, and and it, people get much better. So that's why we focus on that. That's why I said that in, in Mike Robertson's podcast. Um, we I I, don't, I just I don't, I don't work on internal rotation anymore. I work on cross body elevation <laughs> and layback, and we're going to be good. Sin <coughs> choked up. Let's do it off. Emotional. Learning so much about baseball. You got Gurry? <laughs> you all right, man? So. Um, so, I, I mean, I think that's, you know, with elevation, and it's been shown to correlate to, in, to injury. And I don't think it's really because elevation is lost. It's because it's probably changed your ER, and it's probably changing the way you function at layback. Um, that's why it correlates. And that's what we put in that paper that we published. I think it was for 2014, <laughs> when we showed that, that um, loss of flexion showed a higher incidence of elbow, elbow injury. So I think it has to do with the loss of general motion, the shoulder, probably external rotation, because of the last play such a, a big role in having extensibility to get overhead, that that's contributing. That was our theory and our discussion in that, in that paper. So, um, yeah, well said, Mike. I just think it's, it's we're sometimes barking up the wrong tree, oftentimes barking up the wrong tree, and then we see people that have been going elsewhere, and we have to somehow educate and try to fix some of this stuff. So I think focus on soft tissue stuff, restoring motion, and then strengthen. Because now we've got all this extra motion, and now we get it. Now that we, <laughs> we <day job. laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys. Some great questions on GERD. I think that's a good one because GERD's a pretty popular topic, so that's that's pretty solid. But um, hope hope that hope that kind of enhances your your you know your knowledge of GERD and kind of what we do. Maybe to start to try to de-emphasize that. So spread the word. Send this to some coaches. Send this to Doc. See if, see what they uh, what they think of uh, kind of our thoughts on this. But um, keep asking away. We love the questions. Go to MikeReynolds.com. Click on the, the podcast link. Be sure to ask us some questions on there. Leave us a nice review and rating on iTunes if you don't mind. Subscribe to this. Uh, all those fun things to really help support the show. So thanks so much, and we'll see you guys next time. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeReynolds.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.